Hey, DTC pod, it's time to let your customers enjoy the products they love without the friction of reordering. That's why the world's most innovative brands like Pete's Coffee and Il Maquillage rely on order group subscriptions to build long lasting customer relationships and recurring revenue. Easy to manage and seamless for shoppers, Order Groove comes with the tools your business needs to become the next big subscription success story. Visit ordergroove.com slash DTCpod today to receive two months off your first contract. Again, that's ordergroove.com slash DTCpod. Also, are you curious on how much your business is worth? Get your free no obligation offer from Open Store at open.store. Tell us a little bit about New Wave, like what type of product you guys make, what space are you in, uh, and what stage are you guys at? New Wave is essentially like my dream company. It's for me, um, you know, originally I used to say we make products for people's like optimal mental health, but I don't really particularly like that term right now. I've sort of settled on making things to help people do their best work as like a tenant of what New Wave is as a company. It kind of falls under three things and every product we make has to do all of these three things. So the first one would be to lower anxiety or stress. The second one would be to help like brain function or focus. And then the third one would be basically to make you happier, like put boost your mood or something like that. So pretty easy stuff, but it's like what that constraint does for us is like I could have thrown like Alpha GPC and Lion's Man and all this like new age stuff in there. But I, I want to make really sure that we do very minimal ingredients, very like trusting, like you can't disprove a lot of our, you know, from a scientist yeah. standpoint, like- What is the look, alpha? I, I'm so lost. Supplement, like oh, okay. different, like neuro supplement. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so new wave, N-O-O wave. The reason why we're called that is because I really like nootropics. So I guess, well, Terrence, you know this story quickly, but I was really fortunate to be in the New York tech scene when I was- 20 odd years old. I was like a dropout punk college kid. I was selling timeshares on an auto dialer scam kind of job in Orlando, Florida. So I had no future is what I'm saying. Like I should be a cocaine addicted bartender right now. Like I don't know how I got so lucky. And I get a phone call from a friend, Dana, who's in New York city for this tech startup. That's like exactly kind of the same job, right? It's like making 150 cold calls a day, boiler room kind of stuff. But venture-backed company, it's like series A or B, I think, at that time. So she's like, hey, same thing, but you get to live in New York. We pay for all your food. You know, this is like, I think now everybody knows tech companies did this, but this is a mind-blowing revelation to a 22-year-old kid. Like, you get three meals a day. You get, like, like, a cool beer at the office and free coffee. I was like, oh, my God, this is like everything I would need. And I get to live in New York City. I'm out. So with a duffel bag in, like, 10 days, I, I literally slept in the office. I interviewed there. The guy liked me, hired me. And uh, because, you know, I'm doing a harder job on an auto dialer. Like literally the calls would dial for you. So I was like, yeah, I can make that many calls in a day. They were were like, this is our dream employee, right? This guy can just grind. And um, I I was like, yeah, I don't have anywhere to live. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, "Um, there's a couch in my office. You can sleep there. It was like kind of like above a dance studio. And basically uh, it was just like a, a, like if you would have saw it now, I don't think anybody would work there. They'd be like, this is a scam. But just the founder was really charismatic and the product was really cool. It was like this lead generation thing that would uh, kind of sell, like it had voice recognition technology that could tell if a job was booked or not. And it was just, I believed in it. And I really was good at blue collar sales. So I connected really well to those kind of people. 
and the thing ends up selling for like a billion dollars. And so it went through like all these, you know, my whole career grows there. I become the head of sales there. My, you know, next jump out of that is like going to kind of work for, for Twitter and then going to Stack Overflow. So I had the career in these big tech companies. So I had a really like charmed yeah. career in, in many ways. But the reason why I bring that up is because while I'm building this, you know, from stage one at that company to selling that, you know, exiting out, I'm in New York City, I'm 23 years old and I'm single. And I am like drinking my face off until four in the morning because bars don't shut down there. So I'm out till four or five in the morning. I'm doing crazy drugs, like, you know, doing Coke, I'm doing Molly, I'm drinking every week. Uh, then I got I'm living in Brooklyn. I'm commuting to like, you know, Manhattan, hour commute. So I got to get up at six in the morning because you cannot be late. It's one of those jobs where it's like you're late by 831, you get an email. Like you're, you know, it's a super boiler. So that's like a high pressure job. If you don't have 30 sales by the end of the month, you're not hitting your talk time, your dials, you're fired. See it all the time, high churn, like kind of thing. Think of like Wolf of Wall Street mixed with like a timeshare scam. It's like, <laughs> that is like essentially the vibe. Yeah, yeah, Silicon yeah. Valley thrown in there for the hell of it. And it was so insane. Like I say in my blog where we launched that I aged like a president over two terms. Like you see the beginning and all the gray hairs and all the, the eyes. So it was really, really crazy. I burned myself out. And every day I'm having three five hour energy drinks. Red Bulls, three cups of coffee, and then I'm going out, I'm getting wasted and like doing that literally every day for whatever. So I do all this and I burn out. We sell the company and everything, that's all good. And I basically have like, I wouldn't say a nervous breakdown, but I had this thing where, you know, I hated my girlfriend at the time. I hated my roommates who were my best friends at the time. I hated everything. Everybody was trying to pull too much from me. I read Tim Ferriss's four hour work week and the awakening happens to me where I'm like, God, I gotta do this, man. So I sell all my shit literally threw it, like there's a Salvation Army yeah. box, throw all my shit in it, take a duffel bag, I buy a one-way ticket to Thailand, which is so cliche, but it's like, <laughs> this is but what I did. did. So I went, to, <laughs> I went to Thailand, I lived in Koh Samui for like uh, four or five months doing nothing. No caffeine, no alcohol, eat, pray, love, yeah. meditation. Like for how long did you do that? Four or five, uh, four months. Four, four months? Yeah, four months. So not that long, but it was a long time at the no, time. It's sure. just like, I had no real exit plan. Yeah. But after four months of that, I was like, I gotta get the fuck back. But so for a while, I just like needed to get away from all the bad habits. So this is a very long winded way to say that when I came back, I was like, okay, now I'm working at Twitter. You know, I get the, this job, biggest job I ever had. I totally snuck in the back door of that company and was the dumbest person to ever work at that company for sure. And uh, I get this really awesome job. And so I'm like, now I'm back on the caffeine trip. I'm kind of like re slowly repeating the same habits. Like you can feel yourself edging towards like, now I'm doing it again. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to do this. So I get really into all the Reddit threads of like, you know, what can I do to solve this? Like I need the caffeine, but I don't want to be, in, I, you can tell from speaking to me already, I'm like a very high energy person. So I don't want to be kind of off the walls. So now I'm taking these like four sigmatic mushroom coffees and it's good. I'm not like anxious, but I have no motivation. I have no energy. I would go the other way and take like Adderalls and Modafinils and all that stuff. I'm dialed in and I'm wired, but I can't talk. Towards, I'm yeah, like basically can blow in the you office. You can't talk. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. So I'm like, man, damn it, man. Like I need this sort of like in the middle Goldilocks solution. So I find these uh, this uh, subreddit about nootropics. Yeah. Nootropics are, for those people who don't know, like brain supplements, basically. Cognitive enhancers, what have you. And the OG one that keeps coming up is the supplement called L-theanine. L-theanine is a green tea amino acid. And what it does is, it, it, this is gonna sound like super Joe Rogan, but it promotes uh, alpha brain waves. So it promotes these calming alpha brain waves. Alpha brain waves are like prominent. You're like, your brain is active and alert, but it's not overwhelmed. So like, meditation, shower thoughts, right before bed. Those are like when you're alpha brain, you're very creative, calm thoughts. 
but you're not like drowsy. So it's great, right? It basically gives you that calm, but it doesn't sedate you. So it's really synergistic with caffeine. You put it in there, it's flavorless, it, it mixes in, it's, it doesn't get burned out by the heat. And now you sort of get all the calm and the focus, but you get to keep the energy. So I was like, this is a fucking miracle, right? Like I'm telling everybody at the office about it. They're all obsessed with it. I'm buying healthy eating, putting people's coffee like a weird drug dealer at the office and uh, everyone's into it. So it's whatever. Long time goes by and I read this like one blog article that's like, you put a teaspoon of raw cacao in your coffee without really understanding why. And I'm doing everything, right? I'm trying alpha GPC. I'm trying all these different like nootropics and it's like hit or miss, but I keep coming back to the coffee and L-theanine. But the raw cacao is what really does it. When you have this coffee, you'll sort of like have this mini euphoria, this kind of like eye little, like it's like a, a nice little happiness thing is what we can describe it is it's the raw cacao. So it does two things. Raw cacao is like this natural uh, serotonin boosting, dopamine boosting, like antidepressant more or less. Really mild, but it's true. That's and, wild. Uh, I did not know that about raw cacao. Do you want to know the craziest thing about raw cacao? My favorite thing to tell people when we got Valentine's Day coming up, there's a chemical called phenylethamine that activates in your brain when you fall in love. And wow. it's in chocolate, which is why chocolate Valentine's Day. That's crazy. So it's the same chemical. It's the same like kind of feeling. Real chocolate. Yeah, like, yeah, real yeah. Like cacao. raw cacao. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Like, not Hershey's. Like I, I have this whole article <laughs> on my website that talks about like cacao versus cocoa. And it's really the same word, but cocoa is like American and that means dairy and sugar. <laughs> we just love to just pump shit that's not needed into things. Uh, yeah, raw cacao only, please. And so, yeah, the other sweet thing about cacao is when you drink a lot of coffee, right, your blood vessels will constrict. So that's what causes withdrawal intolerance, right? You need to drink more coffee to get caffeine through the blood-brain barrier. Well, raw cacao makes your blood vessels more elastic. So you just get more blood flow to the brain and you need less caffeine overall. So there's this whole like narrative right now that caffeine is evil, all these like anti-caffeine drinks. And it's like, it's just like drinking, right? It's like not evil in itself. It's the moderation and that you don't need a ton of it. So we're abusing all these things. But caffeine is awesome. It's the original nootropic. It motivates you. It helps you focus. Like, it is useful. That's why it's been around. And so like you've got the recipe when the moment hits where you're like, all right, I think I've got it nailed down. I might have a product here. Were you thinking like throughout this process of experimenting of like making a brand? How did you go from that to like, I could turn this into a brand? Yeah, this is my favorite story to tell. So like, like everything I just said, right, sounds like that like social network moment where then the next day you launch, right? Like, no, of course not. So I did that in 2016 and then I just did nothing for four or five years. So I've been drinking this thing forever. And I've always, yes, to answer your question, always wanted to start a company. I've had the name in my head. New Wave is from this punk record that I really like by a band called Against Me. And I was like, it's gonna be awesome because it's New Wave, but it's not. And so I like basically was a entrepreneur forever and ever. You know, I'd every now and then I'd hire someone on Fiverr, yeah. I'd design a website, I'd buy your domains, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all yeah. that kind of shit that we all do. And I'm just like, yeah. eh, and then I've never done anything. Yeah. So the pandemic happens, the pandemic happens and I have this job and it's like literally a dream job. It's going well. I have all this responsibility. I'm on the executive team and it's just like, how did I get here kind of thing? And the rug gets pulled out almost immediately where like everything goes south. So Stack Overflow is this company I was at and we had this platform where you would help developers get jobs and the pandemic happened. Remember when the pandemic first happened, everyone was like hiring freeze in every company. So it was just like, boom, done. We're screwed. We're pivoting and we're out. And I hung around for a while. I took some different jobs there. I trained people. It was a great, great, awesome experience and cool people. But I was basically like, you're done. 
and I got like the politest firing of all time. I was fired for like a year and I just got to hang out. And then, so it was, it was a really, you know, it was like Silicon Valley. I was like the big head dude, yeah. <laughs> just like floating around and being cool. But I was very fortunate to have like a lot of time, but I'm, I'm now I'm like, I had just gotten this dream job and I had just left the dream job before that. And I hate the interview process. And I'm like, oh my God, I really don't want to do this anymore. I just want them to come to me. And so um, it's serendipitously, there's this online writing course. I don't know if you guys know David Perel and Rite of Passage. I do know of David Perel, yeah. Rite of Passage, is that his blog? Yeah, yeah. This, well, no, it's his course. And this is like my, um, I swear to God, they don't pay me. And I'm not like, I don't work for them. This was like my Tony Robbins thing. I went to this course and the idea that I had going in was I would write as this like cool punk rock sales guy, right? I'm not a, a regular salesperson, I'm a cool salesperson. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but I was thinking it'd be this cool, like there's so many things I believe that are anti-sales. Like I didn't like this, like all these softwares that blast out these emails. I'm still a big proponent of like really custom send 30 high quality stuff. emoji based oh messages. Oh my God, dude, like, don't yeah. get me started. That's like my number one thing where like, if I didn't hate that world so much, I would like, that would be my sales force. I would like spend my whole life trying to like destroy that. Maybe after. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> don't, don't count me out. It's, it's, salespeople will talk to me. This is where I become like such a dad. Like a young kid will email me and I'll be like, listen, dude, your email sucked so bad. And I'm gonna tell you why. And I get on phones with salespeople sometimes. I'm like, dude, who is this for? This is for anyone. Like you gotta write to me specifically. And the guy's like, I dude, I make $10 an hour. I don't care about this. Yeah, so <laughs> I originally go with this intent of like, I'm gonna build this sales persona and build this sort of really a personal brand for yourself online, which is supposed to attract opportunities. It's very sound strategy, right? You see it in Twitter, you see it every day, it works. So I'm like mentally preparing for that. And in the very first week, he has this section of the course where he's called your personal monopoly, right? So I'm Greg Frontiero. I work for these tech companies. I love nootropics. I am a professional wrestler, which we can talk about. I do like MMA stuff. And like, what is this like zone where only I can talk about it and nobody else can touch me? Like, what's my brand that nobody else can write about but me? And so I would say these nootropics things in these breakout rooms and everybody had the same question. Like, what is a nootropic? I would tell that story I just told you. Give me an example. Oh, I drank this coffee. And this guy, Robbie Crabb, who's like a performance speaking coach, DMs me in the middle of me giving my speech about it and goes, I wanna buy this. Like, where can I buy this, this coffee? And I was like, oh, like I make it. And he's like, you should sell it. And it was like immediately. Yeah. So when I tell you I had New Wave in my head for six years and I actually launched the company in six weeks. So now I'm taking this writing course and I completely pivot in the middle of it where I'm like, I'm doing it. I take a Shopify landing page. It's the, I can't wait to show you guys like the landing page after this. It's the ugliest thing you've ever seen in your life. Like. I challenge anyone to show me their shitty website and I'd be like, nah, dude, mine's worse. So I launched it and I, I launched one really long form personal blog. That is the story that I kind of just told you guys, like my 10 years, my burnout, why I made this coffee. And then I entitled that, that blog, we can be the bands we want to hear. We can be the bands we want to hear, meaning like this is the type of company I want to build. And this is the inspiration and the call out that like, if I'm this dumb kid can build this thing, in this specific way, exactly how I think it should be done, you can do it too. And not to be too like Tony Robbins here, inspirational, but that is like the, my big, hairy, long 10 year goal is to show people like, and you guys, we talked about this while we were recording, right? Like it's such a crazy time right now where you can just build a company and like, not everyone should build a company in six weeks, but you can. You can get a landing page up. There's all these resources available to you. Like it's very, very real and possible that you can do it. So I take this one blog post and I launch it to what I think is gonna be crickets. No one's gonna care about it. I put it on my LinkedIn, I put it on like Twitter, I put it on like, you know, whatever. 
it launches in, I swear to God, dude, it's like a movie where every single person in my entire life like came out of the woodwork. When I'm telling you like kids I haven't talked to since kindergarten, teachers, coworkers, uh, people at my MMA gyms, like wrestler friends, every single buddy in my life, everybody in my life came out and supported. And I don't know if they necessarily gave a shit about like a nootropic coffee, but they were backing me and they sort of like voting for me. It was just such a like a feel good moment of like, man, like all that time in my life was like, it was for something, you know, those connections and the people that you met. It was just, so we sold out our first run immediately. So you said you created this like long form content blog, which you pushed out on Twitter, LinkedIn to all the people, your personal network. Everyone I've ever emailed, I put in a list and emailed it out. Oh, so that's what it was. It was basically like you wrote this whole story, just long form blog content. And you started by literally just sharing it with everyone I've ever met. Like if I met you at dinner one yeah. time, I'd be like, hey, remember me? Like I text. Yeah. But uh, it was the Harry's thing that we talked about. Right, the yeah, the Tim from, Ferriss, so, so that's the Tim Ferriss Kickstarter, like how to launch a Kickstarter, how to launch a brand, right? Yeah, so Harry's is this razor company that did this really unique, at the time, thing. Where, the reward, the referral program. The referral that's program, what it was. and they built their own referral link mechanics. And so of course, by the time I come along and do it, I read this blog, I'm like, I have a friend who's an engineer, so he's gonna help me do all this. We did one second of Googling and realized there's a company that already does this yeah. for you. I forget what they're called, but. Yeah, yeah, um, Kickoff Labs, something like that. No, something else, but I'm sure there's it's a like few now. And there's a couple no, I, I used the one called Labs something. Oh man, now I'm so curious. The one I used was great. I just used, I, again, like I didn't know what I was doing because I've never done a DTC company. And so I think a lot of the stuff, if you ever hear me, you'll never hear me bash anyone, first of all, because I'm, I'm an idiot. But if you ever hear me talk ill of someone, just assume that I don't know how to use their thing and it was not like their thing. Their thing was probably great, but they had a literal, it's like tiles. Do you want to do this kind of campaign, this kind of campaign? One was literally called Harry's. Like they knew, like, do you want this? And then it would live on your post-purchase page. You'd share the link and it, it worked really well because people would just share it and they would tell like, Greg's awesome, like buy his thing. Like it's also, you got to remember, like I kind of talked about this nootropic and coffee to all my friends and family for six years. So they were like, just launch the thing already. And then finally I launched it. So I'm like, all right, let's throw the kid a bone. Yeah. yeah, I'll buy like 10 bags because I love you. So that was your first launch. So your, yeah. your launch was literally like, you knew how to build this process because you've been making it for yourself forever. Right. So you're like, okay, now I'm ready to start scaling it out and selling it to some of the people that I know. I'm going to tell my whole personal story. And I think that's a really important part to touch on is like how important story is in your brand and when you're selling a product, right? Dude, yeah. And, and then you just launched it and then you were able to sell your first batch. Like that's all it was, right? Yeah, like it's so funny. Like, you know, when things are so like, they're so recent, but it feels like it was so long ago. That's like, it is crazy that I thought, you know, all I got to do is sell like uh, whatever it is, like, you know, 600 bags yeah. over the course of three months and that'll be enough to break even. So I'll invest like $7,000 into this thing. And then, you know, hopefully I'll get it back. And then you're just like, you do that. And you're like, oh, I don't spend a dollar, right? Like everything, everything's so how many, how many bags did you, you sell in this run? You, you guys listen to my first million? Yeah. yeah. You know, no public math. Oh, yeah, I'm about yeah, to yeah, break yeah. that down. No public math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no public math, but like, like ball, no, ballpark, a couple like hundred bags. Yeah, right? hundred yeah, bags. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. right. You have to be like four or five hundred bags, yeah, three hundred bags. And like to do that, like, what did you need? Were you prepped to have all those bags packaged? Did you have the packaging? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. So how'd you do that? No. So like, I thought it was going to be a order of magnitude less, and so I was talking to this person. Like, this is a story too, man. Like, so. Tarantinoing everything. Now I've, that kid DMs me. I leave the landing page. I write the. I'm writing the blog in the process. But while I'm doing all that, I'm also talking to all these, you know, manufacturers and how to do fulfillment and all this stuff. And it's a nightmare, right? Like when you're making this product, you have no money and resources, and all these companies have giant minimums. Right. So that's where I was gonna go. Wait like you start this. doing the math. You know, like you sell. 
I love the part where you start doing the math because the world of possibilities just opened up for you. Yeah. So you start doing the math and you're like, all right, well, like minimum order quantities are $20,000. No, like, you're reversing it. So like I actually ran into the problem first. Oh, okay. It, so now I've Tarantinoed it because you know the story has a happy ending. But before I did and I launched and I was thinking like I'll sell like 60 bags. You know, I was thinking like I'm going to have to put an investment here in. I'm going to have to put like $5,000, $10,000. It ended up being like, no, you got to put in $20,000, $50,000, $30,000. So I was like, I don't freaking have this much money. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. And like, so now I'm, I mean, but I'm looking into this. I'm looking into getting loans and small business loans and all this kind of stuff. So I'm doing all this. And this is what I tell everybody. I think this is, uh, if there's one thing I can really, I think, tell people that is like the hardest part about starting a CPG kind of brand is like the manufacturing process fucking sucks. Yeah. Everyone we know, right, that has a yeah. brand, like, runs into this problem where it's like, how do you make something? It's right. so fucking There's, like, annoying. no tech. There's, There's no so process. Old school. Right, yeah. Where's the, where's the guy? Where's the open store guy? Where's the, the giant tech genius who's solving this? Come on, guys. Like, someone build this. It's honestly nuts, but where I got the benefit of my experiences, I'm so used to making 100 cold calls a day, right? Remember, so I'm very used to that. And this is an old school business, so I am making, like, literally 10 phone calls a day to, like, manufacturers in Seattle and I, I'm talking to coffee people, I'm talking to cacao people. I'm and they don't to respond, they don't pick up. They don't respond, like, yeah, yeah, but you gotta keep at it. And yeah. it's just like sales, if you call twice, right. they'll respond. If you go, and, and then you start negotiating and it's like a whole thing. So that's how you have to do it. Honest to God, like I'm telling you guys, it's not. this is not a thing where you can send an email and they're gonna be like opening your door to come, you know, maybe sell you a hundred bags if you sell that many, like just not going to get a response. So you have to beat them down and you have to call, you have to go very old school and you have to make like, just make, five, 10 calls a day and go through a lot of them. So I had had to be like, I mean, maybe under a hundred, but like it was a high number yeah. of conversations with people that were like laughing at me. Like, no, dude, you got to do like 10,000 bags. And I was like, shit. So I was just like screwed. I was just like, you know, I'm looking at these options and um, I found one company in Seattle that was willing to do it. And here was going to be the original process to make our coffee. The original process was going to be, they would supply the coffee. We would get this cacao from this farm in Ecuador that we get it from. And then we'd get these supplements from this company that deals with bulk, like, like, you know, quality bulk supplement stuff. And we would mix it in a commercial kitchen. I would mix it in a commercial kitchen with like a hairnet on, all this kind of stuff, which people do, by the way. And it's great. But like, I'm not the guy that should be doing yeah. that. Look at me. If you can look at me, like, oh, you don't want my hands in your food, you know, like all the beard hair and stuff like that. So I was scared, but I was like, this is what I'm going to have to do. I have to mix it all up, smell all of it bulk to, to Seattle. They would blend it together. They'd put it in their bags. They'd mail it all to me. And then I'd be shipping it, right? This is a very common way for people to start. So I was like mentally prepared to do that. We launch, we sell out, happy ending, right? I got the money, so I'm fine. We're just like, oh, this is great. And at the fucking last week, when I tell you like, we're going here. This company is just waiting for me to write them the check. And side note, I fucking hate our sales rep. I hate this guy. Just every conversation with him sucked. He would just speak to me and he'd be like, yeah, so about the formula, like it's this, right? And I was like, no, that's completely wrong. Like it's written down. You're responding in the same email. Just look, it's no, dude, what the fuck's going on? So this is the person I'm going to work with. We're about to launch and like you fucked this up three times. And so we can't get on the same page. He's not responding for a week. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to go badly. I get this phone call. I won't say who we work with because I don't know if they're big enough for me to like reveal my secret sauce, but I might. If I realize later, I don't give a shit. I'm very inspired by Chris Mead. He's like, here's what I work with. So we, this angel woman calls me and she's like, hey, I'm a, you know, upstate coffee roaster. We really want to work with you. And I was like, ah, I'm kind of already like there with this coffee. It's good. I mean, it's, it's like all right. In my mind, it's like a seven out of 10. Well, first iteration, we'll, we'll, everyone's going to hate it anyway, by the way. Everyone's going to hate my coffee. And then when they hate it, they'll tell me why I'll fix it and like, whatever. So I'm mentally there. 
And she's like, you know what? I honestly think we can do this. And she's like, and I was like, well, we have to mix it and then I have to mail it to you. And she goes, no, no, we'll, we'll mix it for you. I was like, oh, well, okay. And then she's like, oh, then, and then I was like, well, then, you know, what are you going to give it to me? And then I'll ship it. And she goes, no, we have a fulfillment center. We can fulfill it for you. And I was like, are you serious? So it's like this. With no minimum? Like, no minimum. No minimum. Well, there was a minimum, but it was like right. a couple hundred bags. Yeah, not $50,000 of inventory. It's insane. I still can't believe I got this lucky. And they're a great partner with us to this day. They've scaled up. We could 10x what we're doing now with them. No did problem. You, okay, so wait. So did you sell them on anything? Like, I mean, did, the she, idea, did she they, believe in you? Like, yeah. what, what is it? Or like, I, don't she, think she, I think she was just, they were a smaller, they're like me, right? They're a smaller-ish coffee roaster. Right. They're just somebody, hung, they're hungry too. Yeah, like, they're hungry they, too. They and they, they were relatively new and they, they saw this wave of people starting stuff. I had a cool little concept and a funky little bag and like, uh, she liked, yeah, she liked the story enough. I wouldn't say that the, she was not the main owner. The main owner now and I are friends, but when we were kind of pitching both of them, they're like, yeah, sounds funky and cool. Like we're down to try it. And we've just grown together and it's been, just, it's such a good So you have to pitch the concept whenever you talk with- Not a really, they just want your money. Okay. But like, if I'm being honest, they didn't care. Like I could have been like, I'm gonna put like, you know, Viagra in it. They'd be like, okay, right, right. just buy like this okay. much of our coffee. Cause you're using uh -huh. our coffee. Well, I'm just curious because, you know, some co-packers are in such demand that like yeah. they get to choose like who they're gonna work with, Yeah, I've heard some stories where people are like, they have to give equity to the right. people like that, which is like probably good in the long term because they have skin in the game, but like, Scary, right? I don't, that'd be weird, man. That's the thing about this. There's a lot of predatory people in this business, but there's also like a lot of really good people. So like one out of five people are awesome in this space, right? When you meet them, it's just great. Well, and, and I think that's something that applies across the board, right? Like I think until you put in the effort and like knock on doors and like ask, like don't ask, don't get, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. because you never know. And, and so the, the first business I built was this company called Seated. It's a restaurant discovery app. We started in Boston, et cetera. And one thing that always shocked me was the first thing when we started out, we, I would go out like knocking on the restaurant's door to sign up these restaurants. And sure, in the beginning, a couple of the restaurants that we got were like crap and they would be the ones that would sign on. But then we got some like really good restaurants Shocking, that had right? no yeah. business like being on there. Yeah. And we're like, wow, like how did we do that? And I think kind of to your point, when you're looking for partners and stuff, it's partially a numbers game and you gotta go out there and you have to have high expectations of yourself. And just because you don't think it's happening, you hear all these other stories of, oh, you have to give up equity, you have to do this, you have to do that. Like you just have to keep knocking on doors and you'll get those great opportunities. It's yeah. a grit though. Like yeah. that's what it is. And my, like my, like, you know, all this stuff that's bad that happens to you when you're a kid just turns out to be like your biggest superpower. Like For having sure. that like, when I tell you I was literally like scamming people to go into it, you know, the, the South Park where they trapped in a room and that's like sell time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was doing, right? I'm trapping these people. I'm like, luxury vacation in Florida, <laughs> you know? Like, and I've, I found a really honest way to do that job, but it was still like a shitty job. And so that's like all I did for the first three years of my life, like post-college was like call a hundred people a day and get told to fuck off. So you kind of get numb to that. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I never thought sales was like a useful skill, but now I use it every day, right? I'm like pitching people, they say no. I'm like, no, it does not phase me at all. Like not even Not a even little a little bit, yeah. right? You're just like, I don't care. Whatever. Like, someone will say yeah. yes. Next. And then to your point, you see some people say yes. And you're like, this person said yes to me. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's crazy. Like we, uh, yeah, I don't want to knock on wood because we're in the middle of a thing where we could get this like nice South Florida grocery chain right now. And it's more easy than getting into a single bodega in New York City. <laughs> like, oh, so, you know, go to yeah. these bodegas and they'd be like, we don't want it. And I was like, oh my God, literally like door to door sales at one point. And then some opportunity like this comes along, you're like, oh my God, that, that took two seconds. And it was like exponentially better. But, and I think another interesting thing about like CPG in general and where we see things going, it's like you have all these boutique brands that are like 
going after the same customer segments, right? Yeah. Like it's We're like, oh, we want we want Air One, we want like all these boutique in Brooklyn and all this to carry our stuff, which is sure it's important for brand, but like not everyone in the world is like that. And like there's other big retailers that are like looking for opportunities for great products with cool stories with great brands and, and like i can't to wait with. to get our price down by the way i think we're like we're definitely a premium coffee right now and i don't want to be i want to be like uh, and i get inspired by chris cantino and jamie schmidt like we yep. talked about all they get is pitched by brands that are like we're like the luxury you know olive oil or something like this and that and it, luxury dude, diapers for babies d- like, you know what yeah. that shit works and it's awesome like d- by the way like we sell a 30 dollar co- at the time we sold a 30 dollar coffee so i can't like throw stones in my glass house but you know we we're, we had to because I didn't have any money and I was like this is what it cost I need to I read Supermaker and it said to times it by three so I'm gonna do that <laughs> so I'm like it's really basic stuff but then I started doing it and every iteration we get a little bit cheaper and I'm gonna continue to do that because I want it to be like so I want the 23 year old version of me to be able to afford this and right now he couldn't and that's not good I think that's an amazing thing to motivate you as well is like saying I want to give access to the people who may need it most whose like choice is like a cheap you know, a cheap Red Bull or like yeah. a five hour energy oh to get God. through it and like be able to say like, no, this is real, you know, nootropic type coffee and that and offering that product segment to that group of people. I yeah, think who's is really the most important. like anxious, over caffeinated yeah. class we know. Like, like it's in not college, the guy in Dorado Beach, Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's drinking a $3,000 espresso yeah, machine and then he's like true. laying down and taking a four hour nap. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to make this for the dude that's like stressed out like me and working like at a cold call job for 30 grand a year in New York City and like can't afford his apartment. No, and I, I mean, even me, I, I think I resonate a lot with what you're talking about, about like coming up with the formula that's right for you right now. I'm super pumped to give this a shot right now. Like my formula. I wish it wasn't 6 it, p.m. Yet. <laughs> no, it, it involves uh, like it involves some coffee. Actually, today I did coffee and then I did a tea with L-theanine and stuff like that. And that mellowed out my coffee because if I just had my cold brew, I'd be off the walls. Yeah, man, it's a miracle drug. I do two sure. cold brews a day. Do you need some of this? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I need do. to try we're this gonna, We're trying to do well, it. We're in the it process. It doesn't face me like for some reason. Like I have two cold brews. I mean, I have one in the morning, yeah. one after lunch. I fall asleep at like 9 p.m. Do you know like I learned this baby. like six like, years ago, but it's like I threw a 23andMe test that like some people are just literally genetically predisposed to not be sensitive to caffeine. Yeah, it's so weird. So I dated a girl who could drink, uh, she would drink like an espresso or a Coke right before bed. Yeah, yeah, I can do it. I can drink a coffee at 8 p.m. and fall asleep right after. Like, I, I don't know why, but... Um, for, you but no, tastes, for you, it tastes good. Yeah. No, but I want to try this though, because, you know, it actually like, you know, my body might not be warning me of like the side effects of actually doing that. Like I might be able to sleep, but maybe I don't go into REM sleep or deep sleep as well. So you get your people to buy your product. Now you have the co-packer, etc. Like, okay, but like friends aren't always gonna buy Not every sure, single yeah. time. Dropped unless, off a lot. Uh, <laughs> right, right. So like, yeah. what happens after you, okay, they support this you. This is like a video, right? So you can see it. It's like our, our like revenue chart, you know, people do this. Ours was like here and then it was like sad and then it was like slow and it's still slow and goes and goes. So yeah, I was happy. So here's what the truth is. Like everybody in my life came out of the woodwork and bought it let's say 90% of those people dropped off because they didn't buy it because they needed They bought this. it because of you. They're not my target audience. Yeah, They're just like my mom who's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't need this. It's weird. Like it went immediately down, but I had this momentum of that rite of passage where all of my like target audience are all these like kind of people like me, these nerdy kind of tech bro-y kind of dudes that are all now coming out of this course with their little newsletters that are all like micro influencers, essentially. They all have like a thousand person newsletters of all their friends and family. So I sponsor all their newsletters. They're all doing their like unique projects. And then we start doing like, the word of mouth is a very real thing, right? So we start getting all these like orders out of nowhere of people like being like, you, this works. This like coffee helps me focus, but it doesn't stress me out. Like try it. 
And so that kind of kept us afloat. And honestly, dude, for the first nine months, I just had a newsletter. So we're also unique. And this is probably stupid and I probably shouldn't do this, but I'll never stop doing this. We do a weekly, we do, I do a weekly newsletter every Wednesday that is just like a personal blog, more or less. And I talk very openly about the business and it's like very much building in public and saying, I tried this this week, it didn't work. I think I'm gonna try this. What do you guys think? Hey, do you like this? So I'm like talking to my customers every week, they respond back. I have like people I've never met that I have like really deep level conversations with on email. I've had phone calls with them afterwards. And I actually, this is, I can't believe I didn't say this, such a powerful thing for anyone who's listening. Do you know the whole like talk to your customers thing and nobody ever really does it? I have a Google spreadsheet of everyone who bought this coffee. The first thing I did is I wrote every single person a personal letter, like custom. If you bought it, like Ramon, thanks so much for buying this. I saw on your Twitter bio, like your DTC pod thing. Like I, I want to check out Trend too. Let's give it a talk. Like handwritten. This took weeks. Yeah, these things that don't scale. These, yeah, that's yeah. like a thing that people say. But I want to really tell you that when you're in the thick, like when you're five days into writing letters and your hands cramping and stuff, it's awful. I was like kind of therapeutic because I'm writing to a lot of friends and family and stuff like that. But it was a really nice touch. This is the crazy thing. I was at the end of every letter was like, if you don't mind, please take a picture and post this, even if it's not something you like, like we need content. So now I have hundreds of bags, right? I have really roughly around 500 pieces of content and I have enough to just post every day. So it's this weird thing where I think people who are kind of checking out are like, like it looks like every day someone's buying a bag because I'm getting it. But even I had the stockpile of content for like, you know, all my friends and family. So I had this really good system and I didn't realize it was a system at a time. I just was very like rationing out my supplies. And so I did that for a long time and I just had a really good word of mouth and I had a really good newsletter thing going. It was all organic and we grew like really, it was easy to say we grew 10% month over month because from nothing, like, you know, it's a- I think there's something that's key there because you did it for five years, for example, right? Like, sorry, you had the idea for like five years and didn't do it. And like, you started it, you bought the domain, you bought the website, you dropped off. But then you mentioned this newsletter and all I'm thinking is, then how did you hold yourself accountable to like not drop off again? Even cause like you could have easily dropped off cause the sales went like this and then they went down. They you could have dropped hard, it again. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this newsletter, like it's something you it's do. An accountability it's, thing. it's an accountability thing that is absolutely priceless. Like I feel like that's a big contributor. It's funny probably. you say that. I think about it all the time. I have to write it. It's, it goes out tomorrow and I haven't written it yet. So like when we go out like or left for this or maybe I'm gonna have to run home and write it at midnight, which I've done a few times. And I just don't miss it. And it's very, um, I don't know. I am the kind of person that like starts and stops things all the time. But for some reason, I think it's because this was like my dream. And I'd say it was so hard to start that like, you know, the starting is the hardest part, but starting is the hardest part. Once I started, everything else felt very easy. Now it's like, I can't stop. I can't let it die. So it's like this, I mean, I have been in situations like on vacations with family and it's Christmas or something. I'd be like, it's, I have to get this newsletter out. Yeah. It's just this weird thing that it probably, like I said, is dumb. And it probably at this point is more, something I shouldn't do. We should be kind of building systems and scaling, but I just think it's really neat and I really like doing it. And it's also sort of like, I don't have any co-founders and I don't have any kind of people that, you know, my friends and family don't give a shit about this at a certain point. So it's sort of like me thinking out loud a lot. And this is like, my customers are now my board of directors where I'm like, this is the state of things. You know, I know you guys are technically my investors. Here's what's going on. And it is really good. It's really good to think through things. And it really helps me focus like, you know, a lot of times I'll sit down, I'm like, what do I have to write about this week? And then I start thinking like what I did the week. It's a good look back system and planning system. It just works out really well. So I, I love it. I'll never stop doing it. Are you interested in DTC and e-commerce content? Join Trends exclusive community for everything DTC. 
the DTCers community. We're talking marketing, product, growth, and more, all about DTC. Go to trend.io slash podcast. That's T-R-E-N-D dot I-O slash podcast and look for the Slack community link to claim your invite. We hope to see you on there. One question that I had, I think you just mentioned that you weren't starting this with a co-founder and you're a solo founder going out, creating a new coffee CPG sort of brand. So how do you think about like, what were some of the challenges of that? And like, what do you wish you had that you're now you've outsourced your customers and all this other stuff? So like, what was the hard part of that in the beginning? But also at the same time, like, what do you have any, you know, tips or anything for people who may be considering starting as a solo founder and things to consider anything like that? That's such a good question. I feel like I'm not the authority on this. You know, like I started with a friend who's supposed to be a co-founder who like always half in. And uh, we were very, he's still my friend to day. I talked to him, you know, he has an open seat to come in if you'd ever like to join and he knows it. It's one of those things where we started with 50-50 and then he's like, I can't commit. I'll do it for like this percent. I'll do it for advisory shares. I'll do it for nothing. Actually, yeah. I'm too busy. I work for Amazon now. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like da da da. So I started with, with that and he was good because he was very like um, analytical engineer and I'm stupid, crazy salesperson. In the beginning it was that, but it was always just kind of me. I was doing like 99% of the work and I have no problems. He would, he would admit that too. And so I don't, let me give you the pros and cons. Like the pros of it, and I, I like being a solopreneur because at the end of the day, it's like, I wanted to start my own company because I wanted to like, I had a vision. I called it, we can be the bands we want to hear because I had a certain way I wanted to do it. And I knew that things could be done this way and you didn't have to follow the traditional path, like raising money and all this kind of stuff. And so I very much believed in that. And I think I could have easily been talked into doing it the other way if I had someone over there be like, let's just do this. I'm very easily influenced when it comes to like a friend be like, oh, let's just raise money. I'm like, all right. Like, you know, so I like that I did that. And I like that I kind of, um, I have learned more in the past year and, and change than I've ever learned in my life. I have to learn how to do marketing now. I have to learn how to design stuff. It's not, not that I'm very good at it, but I have to kind of get it to the point where now if I start making hires, I know enough to be like, what's good or bad. I have that like taste kind of thing. So that's good. I feel like I really, really learned how to be involved in all these businesses. The downside is it's so fucking lonely and it's so hard. And like, you really do need some, everyone feels like it's like a transactional relationship where like you're talking to someone who's like, I'll help you design. Like, all you gotta do is give you know yeah. me this. And you're like, fuck man. Like I just, yeah, where are the cool people at? <laughs> and then, but then you meet people like yourself. Or like they don't bring it up and you know it's coming. You know it's coming, yeah. yeah you're, you're the anxious and it's like just, uh, it's like, it's very predatory. And so it's like very like, you know, you don't you know, you have a co-founder, you can trust that one person, you know, you can talk to them. And so I, I'm very fortunate though. I have so many good friends and so many like good, I have a good system in my personal so life. So what is that system? Cause I think, you know, I have some friends who are solo founders and like I'll shoot the shit with them every once in a while. They'll bounce off ideas and we have different like frameworks that we've established. So if they need to call, like we can jump right into it. So is there anything that you do as a solo founder that does help that? Like, do you have friends that like you're on the same wavelength with that you can bounce ideas off that maybe aren't customers that you can help think through decisions or do you just, are you just all the way in it yourself? How do you think about that? Yeah, I do definitely standing on the shoulders of giants and stuff. And I, you know, the best analogy is the ladder where there's like, you want, you want to talk to someone who's like sold the Unilever for a hundred million dollars. They're not going to be able to help you. You want to talk to someone who's a year ahead of you. When I, when I keep bringing up uh, Chris from CrossNet, this is a great guy to talk to he's five years ahead and he did exactly what I want to do. He's already done it, but he's not far enough that he forgot what it was like to be where I'm at. And that's like a good sweet spot of, there's so many people like now, like you said, like DTC sort of exploded and there's people one to five years ahead of me that I can kind of chat with and I can trust. 
And it's always good that they're not like competitive to me. So like someone selling candles or someone selling like a cross net, they're not gonna like steal your kind of shit and you don't have to like worry about like, oh, this person's gonna snake me. And they're, they're not even the same space. So they're not gonna like start a coffee brand. For sure. Say. And the, you know, the market is ginormous. Yeah, not that it matters too, by the way. Right. I just talked to, sure. um, I wanna shout out the dude from uh, Tenzo T. Oh, they're a customer of Trend, yeah. Yeah, dude, he's awesome. I talked yeah. to that guy and he had every right to be like, dude, we're, we're direct competitors. Yeah. It's like, we're selling like a Zen coffee thing. It's lit and he's just like overly transparent, told me all stuff, it helped me so much on this one call. And I, he's like, I can call anytime. So again, this is a very cool space when you meet those people. There's no zero sum games in a lot of it. And I think that's really cool about like what you're saying about how it's not zero sum game. Like when you're in D to C and CPG, like there can be multiple winners and you're almost going up against like the establishment of legacy right. brands, which are these massive, massive Starbucks markets. And Folgers so it's and like, yeah, it's like you're saying, like, it's not just Starbucks. There's all these different brands and there's space I mean, for all of these. Coffee guys. is the second most consumed beverage in the world, isn't yeah. it? Like yeah, after it water? One. Yeah, well, we're counting water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, what, what was the other one? It was coffee, water and coffee. Coffee, yeah. water, right? They're the top. And then probably like beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people which, drink in all day long. You yeah. can you can have multiple coffees. You can have one coffee right. every day. Like I have one of those three yeah. drinks in my hands at all times. Yeah, so, yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. So that's it. Yeah, and then and the rite of passage community has also been great, right? Because all those people are. Um, it was such a unique. Like you meet people that are like, this guy lives in France and he's worked in like farming technology. Who was that? Just someone in rite of passage. Oh, it's okay. a global like online community of oh, people. Okay, like yeah. well, the whole thing is they're writing online. But you talk to these people, like everyone there had this like ambition to do something bigger than themselves, and that community is fantastic. So to this day, if I have something that I'm like I can't like tell like you know a girlfriend or I can't tell like my dad because they'll have this bias, I can throw it in the rite of passage like community, and they'll just kind of opt it. Like you know in the San Francisco way of tech or New York way of tech, where people are just like yes and not like bashing it yeah, yeah. it's such a community of people that are like oh cool like what about this and it's just they're all different spaces so it's a really good like uh thought yeah. chamber or whatever you want to say for sure because you get such different perspective i assume it's not like it's just the e-com space or anything yeah, like that a lot of people yeah. don't know how e-commerce works right. and they don't yeah. give a shit exactly and it's, those are the people you want to talk to because they have really good ideas that aren't just like why don't you just you know do postscript and send text? Yeah, like, what the fuck yeah. does that mean? Like I don't know. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, by the way, I love those guys. I will use them. But it's like it's such an easy thing for so many people to say where they're just like, yeah, like you just call your dad to give you two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and then you just you know buy more inventory. And I'm like, oh, I didn't I think of that? <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of like creative solutions, and there's a lot of people that are doing like very. It's honestly, I think it's never been easier to start something right now. You just kind of once you get in it the people do find you, right? The universe like dumps out like Ramon and, and, and it's just like, hey, I have, I have this podcast. Like I know like it's now, it, now it feels so small. I feel like I, it's the same eight names keep coming up, especially down here in Miami. It's just like all these people come up and they just are very open and very willing to the successful ones are. Right? Like just like in anything in their career in tech and stuff, the, the people who are really killing it are so willing to help. It's all like the people that kind of suck that are trying to like snake you. Yeah. Although like actual legitimate people are like very I think it's it's just like there's abundance in everything and like hopefully you can help each other up instead of like ripping each other down which is like the whole point That's of a great these word. communities abundance. yeah it's like it's, it is it's there's the world's plenty. massive <laughs> yeah. like there's plenty of everything um I'm curious since you mentioned postscript you mentioned you know sms etc I'm like all right well let's talk about marketing you know like okay so 
how did you get to the next phase of sales like you know dtc brands like everyone's like you have to do sms you have to do email marketing you have to do ads you have to do social yeah. so as a one-man shop like you know what did you attack first i struggle with this a lot i'm not very good at it like i said i'm not a great execute uh, executor i'm a pretty unorganized person i'm very good at the vision and the brand and the, and the creative stuff but i lose track steam fast so well it's good that you know that yeah exactly yeah. like i can't wait to meet that hopefully make one if there's like a really a good uh, COO out there that wants to join New Wave and talk to me and they're a great executor and they're like kind of fun to have a beer with, like, please give me a call. I'll, I'll gladly take you on. But I think, so for me, the stage is, I'll tell you exactly what I did. We went for this like newsletter. So the email thing worked for a while. It still works. Like that's our, our great channel. That spreads really well. Social media works because like we had like a system going for a while, which kind of dried up now because I got lazy about it. Then I started running ads. So it's important that people here know that I used to work for Twitter and I used to work for selling ads for Twitter. So this is again, where like if I was in a DC community, they would have been like, launch on Instagram and this is what you do and that's whatever. But I fucking hate Facebook and I hated Instagram. So I was like, I love Twitter. And so I'm gonna do Twitter ads, which is like, again, I'm probably the only person that ran a Twitter ad in DTC. I and- think I've <laughs> seen them actually. Yeah. Like, I think I've seen your ads maybe. You definitely have. And, his, yeah, and I'll tell I you like my- my strategy and why I did it this way, which I think is a good strategy. And we, and I'll get into what we scaled from there and then I'll get into how it completely didn't work and how we, we failed. So I launched one ad and the one ad is from my account, not from New Wave's account. So it's from Greg Frontiero. And the tweet said, hey friends, I have started a coffee company. It's just like low anxiety, creative focus type coffee. It has LT and Rock on it. Check it out here, take 20% off and DM me if you have any questions. And it got like insane engagement, which is nuts. Like a bunch of people were like seeing it in their timelines. And I think kind of some people were just like, you know, you see that and you think it's like a friend. So you kind of retweet it. Dude, I got so many people just like boosting it and just maybe people are just kind, right? And people were just sharing it and, and saying congrats. The downside of that is we have a blue bag and my um, company's called New Wave. So I have a wave in my bio and blue wave is apparently a political thing which I found out this year. I did not know this. I did not know about the blue wave, but the blue wave is like this democratic movement of like, we gotta get rid of everyone. So I have, I get trolled by MAGA people consistently on that tweet of like, never would I drink a blue coffee, burn in hell, but I'm a funny person. And so I think it's hilarious. So I, I'll read, I was like, first of all, like, we're not political. And like, by the way, if anyone's listening to this, I sincerely am registered independent. Like I don't give a fuck about politics. I hate all of it. But I was like, yo dude, like, you're yelling at a coffee and like, do you think that I would make like a democratic coffee? Like what? Which is really a great idea. Maybe. If I, if I could do it all over Political again. Do you know coffee, the Airbnb story? Yeah. Dude, what if I just launched like alpha brain, co- like MAGA coffee with a red bag and then like Sleepy Joe's brew. Oh, I wish I did it that way. <laughs> but no, alas. So it's really, it's a fun ad and I just got to chat with people and then people would like come and defend us. Like our customers would come out and be like, Greg is, does not make this for political. This is actually this. People would come out and be like, this is a snake oil coffee. And it's like, well, what's, okay, well, let's talk about it. What's snake oil about it? Well, it is, why? What, Google the ingredients or like, you tell me what's bad about l And they're like, well, I can't. And I'm like, well, all right. And then it's like the person go, fine, I'll buy a bag. And it's like, and it's really, really, you'd see this live. People would reluctantly be like, I'm sorry. And then they'd come back and they'd go, they'd retweet it and be like, I bought this coffee and it actually does what it says. And that was like so validating where it's like, one, I've, I feel like the only person to win a Twitter war online. Like that feels, yeah. that feels like a huge win already. Two, it's like kind of fun. And it's really, I totally get it. I totally get why somebody would say we're snake oily. I, when someone's like a bulletproof thing, like this is a scam. I am a cynical asshole. So when people come at me with that energy, I think most people would be like, 
hey, thanks for the feedback. You know, like we will we'll try to do better. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, suck my ass. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, email you know, SPR ads. Right. You know, yeah. And and I think that people start then realizing this is a real person. So they're not like yelling at a brand. They're like talking to a Greg. And it really really went well for us. So we started getting like crazy traction. The targeting I did for that was just like, what do I like? I like the Tim Ferrisses. I like the you know these like my first million type things. Like it's really just targeting tech bro follow stuff sure. that I that I'm interested in, figuring like I am the product market fit. So the product market fit versus product founder fit's always talked about, totally team product founder fit. I made this coffee for me, and I literally, I swear to this day, if, if this went tits up tomorrow, I have like, you know, thousand bags of coffee I love. Yeah. So I, it's like a win-win for me. Like I was like, I'm set, like this is rules. I could drink this for the rest, I drink this every day. I'm like the pair club for men founder. Like I'm yeah. a customer too, man, I love this shit. So like, doesn't bother me. And then um, you naturally start, like you said, you, when you're starting a company, you found founders like you, you find customers like you too. So I've had so many people that like, I'm like, man, he's like the 10% of my personality is like this, or he's, he and she is like this. And then we have like 50 year old moms that have nothing to come with me that love us because it's like a calming coffee. So the ads worked? Like did it they worked. get a positive ROI? Did you keep doing them? Yeah, we had like a 2X positive ROI for a while. And then I got, see, this is where I suck. I, I'm really bad at organizing. because I, I started finicking, I messed with it too much. And then it kind of like, Twitter is a um, awful platform for like- learning, Optimizing Optimizing it. learning. Yeah. It's just guessing. And then it, it, it um, it's one of those things, Facebook's kind of like this too, you know, you start it and stop it, it punishes you for doing that. and. So we started doing it and then I started realizing too, like I'm trying to grow too fast because I listen to all these podcasts and I keep up with all you guys that are like very successful and forgetting that they're like five years ahead of me. And so I try to copy their strategies and it's like, dude, I'm, I'm not. So the worst thing I did was, you know, we have been really quietly profitable for a year. And so we had about like mid five figures of savings. So I didn't have to pay myself because I was, had like- In profits from- If you remember that, I should say this, but the pandemic, like we had the stimulus and the page, so I'm on unemployment, but I'm getting paid pretty well. I'm living in Florida and I got a pretty decent, amazing severance from that company. And then the company sold. And then I was like, right. so I have a good like war chest of personal money that I can have. And I, I'm just feeding everything back to the company. Now we have a nice amount of change where I can start running experiments. So I'm going to do what everybody does, right? I hire an agency, they're going to take over and then I'll just sit back and become rich oh no, oops, I lost $30,000. And that's like kind of, you know, one third of the money I have. So it was just like a big disaster when I tried to like go too fast. And this is a lesson I would give anyone trying to bootstrap is like, don't quit your job unless you have what I have, which is like a war chest. Or like, again, I'm lucky that I have no, I don't need anything. I'm not a, a, a high material person. So like, I can slum it forever. I've slept in bathtubs in, in punk bands. Not even trying to prove it, it's just like I don't really, I just don't physically spend a lot of money. So I'm cool just chilling and if this takes off, it's great. If it doesn't, it's fine. But I, my goals were very modest. And so like if you're bootstrapping this thing, like you need to do it from your job as a side hustle or you need to have a, a significant amount of capital set because it's not going to truly, I think, make money if you want to grow the business for a while. And you know, you see these revenue charts that people release and it's a pretty common theme where year one through three, it kind of just sucks. And there's something about that second, third year, fourth year, you start seeing, I'm able to pay myself now. Or then it, and honestly, when I look at our numbers compared to like people that have released historical numbers, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're there. <laughs> like we're at two. So that's, that's the redo, but we're at six figures now. That's it, but it's not impressive. If I paid myself now, it'd be mediocre. So we're dumping all the stuff back in the money. So like I said, we, we try to grow too fast and we try to cheat and it just doesn't work. Whenever you try to copy someone that's like without understanding why they did what they did mm -hmm. or how, why it's relevant to that company and why they did what they did, it's just a disaster. And every time we've done this like methodical, long, like you can tell when the effort's there, it pays off in spades. 
So we shut that down. We like turned off all ads now. We're going to turn them back on again. I think my strategy right now is focusing a lot on evergreen stuff like SEO and writing and things like that. And then tying it with TikTok organic, because that seems to be like Instagram, Wild Wild West, you can kind of hit and it doesn't cost that much money. So I'm trying to hit with that and then keep organic going. And I'm trying to do um, that kind of stuff. And that's like not really exciting or sexy. It's just like what I'm doing. For sure. Right? That's our whole thesis at Trend. That's, you know, we're just going full organic content because yeah. I just think the ROI goes so much further. And I often compare it to SEO with organic social content because, you know, the video keeps getting views, um, but you keep getting followers. You own the audience. You know, they could subscribe, et cetera. It was like paid ads. You know, that's not the case necessarily. It's, you know, eyeballs come in, they, they go out forever. And it doesn't compound over time, but... The Twitter thing is really interesting because it worked like an email list, right? Because because it's coming from my personal account, they follow we actually you. got a lot of followers. Yeah. So I got like, you know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't tell my Twitter story. I started a whole Twitter account just to launch because I was so sure it was going to fail. So my Twitter account is, the handle is SFW Greg, safe for work Greg. Yeah. So I was going to launch these blogs yeah. and I was sure it was going to bomb. And then I would just delete the account and move on. And so now it's my only account because it's just, it worked out really well. So I went from zero to about, you know, now we're at like 1,800 or no, 2,000, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere like 1,800 followers. What was the total spend of like that entire like hundred bucks a day on an ad. And so we did that for a couple of months. I would say like no public math, uh, like 15 grand or something like that. Like over the tour, say like nothing, zero, nothing. But I mean like those people follow you and then they start repurchasing and buying a lot. It, this is really interesting because if you think about the funnel, you see the ad, you're going to click on me because you're like, who's this fucking clown? They click on me, and number one, you're going to see all I do is retweet compliments about the coffee. So it's like a really nice testimonial page. You're like, oh, okay, this is legit. Our pinned tweet is when we launched on Amazon, we blew up on Amazon when we launched, and it was like the number one um, result for ground coffee and new releases. So it was just like, boom, we're still like the number one Elpinian search. That's less than a year. So nine months ago. So how do you think about that? Because a lot of early stage people in CPG, you know, they're obviously doing their D2C thing, but on the side, they want to go to Amazon where there's baked in eyeballs. And so how did you like think about that and you know, how much inventory, yeah. like all of that? So first and foremost, everybody who says like, yeah, like I want to own the customer and the data, that, they're absolutely correct, right? I would prefer that too. Who would not prefer that? I don't have that option. I'm a bootstrap person. I need to make money. And if I need to make money, I need to like suck at Jeff Bezos's tit at the like Amazon thing. It works really fucking well. So it was like upon launch, it's like immediately now probably 50% of our revenues from Amazon because it just kind of takes care of itself. Your conversion rate for Amazon is like 40% versus like 2% on your store. And um, it's just like we have, you know, 80 now five-star reviews. So it's not unimpressive, but they're all five-star reviews. So it's great. And the testimonials there are great. It starts helping us with our copy. Like don't discount Amazon. I mean, I would start it right away. It's a process to get on Amazon. It takes time and you got to do it. It's, it's annoying and finicky and shitty. But I think building both in tandem is actually really great because it's sort of like every day where I'm like, ah, like, am I, should I not run ads and just basically be an Amazon brand and then like get that and then go back to what was already working? And then it's like, no, because you do kind of want to build up the customers and talking to them. And I like doing that. And then um, should I shut off Amazon and just like focus on that? And then like, you know, think in 10 years. Well, no, because we still need the revenue and there's nothing bad about it. So I'm not like pro or anti Amazon at all, but if you're not using it, I, I think it's probably stupid if you're bootstrapped. 
Yeah. If you're a bazillion dollars in venture capital, sure, like don't. Yeah, because it, it's both, right? It's like, uh, you know, you obviously want to own your audience, but at the same time, this is going to help you iterate faster, go faster. Ultimately, you'll probably eventually convert some of those Amazon customers over your way. Yeah, they do. They find us. Yeah, and they say, like, we found you on Amazon, and we saw your Twitter, and you're a goofball, and we like you. And it's like, that's, that's really that's great. That's good yeah. information. I did not, I, for some reason, I didn't think, like, that would happen. So it happens to me, too, by yeah. the way. When I think about how I buy stuff, I'm an Amazon person. I'll buy it off Amazon. That's just convenient. And then, so I'll go to do it. And then I found this company called um, True Wild. This is actually great. This is a good story because I know this founder now. And so I, I found True Wild on Amazon and it's this probiotic powder. Really awesome, by the way, if you want to get like your gut in order. And it's like made for hikers or something. I have no idea why I bought it, but it's great. And so I drink it all the time. It's like this kombucha mix thing. It goes in my pre-workout too. And it's just a good thing. And I reached out to the dude and I was like, hey man, just love your thing. Cause I know that I like when people do that to me. So I reached out to him and he was like, whatever. He gave me a phone call right then and there. We talked for like an hour and we had the exact opposite strategies. So he's an Amazon FBA only business. I'm like this bootstrap newsletter thing. He wants to do more organic. I want to do more Amazon thing. We just kind of coached each other through the process. And now we kind of just trade notes again. Like, right, we just talk all the time and it's just one of those magical things. But I don't get the hate. I mean, I get the hate on Amazon, but I don't, I think it's a necessary evil. And I think like my view as a CEO or founder is like my number one thing is like customer friction. I hate when I go to something and it's hard for me to buy something and I'm like, fuck this company forever. And by the way, ours is kind of like that right now. Like I, I fully admit like we could do way better, but that's like the number one thing that keeps me up about like website stuff. And it's like, it's like, why is this not one button to click and buy it? Like it's so frustrating and annoying. So my number one goal is like, if, if there's us making more profit or making it easier for the customer, like the customer one will win. I don't say that to be like Walt Disney founder, magical person. I say that because I like fundamentally as a customer, know that pain of like, damn it, I'm never going to work this brand again. I want to make it like easy and chill. And like, yeah, and then they don't update you on the shipping. And right. Like, yeah. And so, dude, and so I pay so much money to do two day shipping even more now, which I just put it, I just tweeted out about, um, sorry to every person who's in logistics that DM me. Like my, I've never been like so overwhelmed with email and response. Yeah, what happened? I fucking panicked and I never talked to anyone. I was just like, I can't do this. I could never be famous because it's like just so many people and I was like overwhelmed. I'm gonna, I talked to a few people who are in our circle. Oh, they I have trust. the shipping rates, right? Yeah. That's what happened? But what happened was our, our company has really good shipping rates. So that's not how they make their money. They just kind of charge a little bit more to do it. And honestly, we get good rates. It's just the state of it is it costs $10 to send this one bag of coffee, which is insane. It's fucking Can you pay insane. that right now? Uh, a little bit less, but yeah. I mean, that's it. It's just, what do you do? And when I'm talking to these other people, they're just like, yeah, it's basically that. But like, we're going to charge you more because we do pick and pack fees and all this stuff. I probably wouldn't have started CPG and brand. I'd do a software brand if you're out there. But like, uh, it's interesting because like you just sort of get used to it. And then you sort of say, okay, you have to find this sweet spot of like, how much can I get past to the customer and how much can I pass there? And then, like I said, like, my goal is to be a $100 million brand one day. But my goal for right now is to have a loyal bunch of customers that love us. And those people understand they're like kind of supporting it. And I'm actually like this too, because I love kickstarting products. When Soylent came out, I was the first person to kickstart that. It was so fucking expensive and it sucked. And it took like two I tried years it, yeah. until you got it. And it was horribly delayed. But I was like, I'm fucking part of this group. And I feel like I, so I think we are very fortunate to have a great customer base of like people I've never met, but like are very good about like, yes, this costs more, but I'm on the ground floor. I like being part of something. And uh, like I said, we try to lower prices all the time, but it's a beast, man, that kind of stuff. But one thing that I think is like cool about how the way you guys are approaching it is you're starting, you know, doing the D2C things with friends and family. Then you move over and you're like, okay, we'll launch Amazon. And then you already, as you mentioned earlier in the episode, you already have your eyes on retail. So, you know, you'll go there. And like at the end of the day, like a business is about 
creating a product with a lot of value for your customers, and then just every day going, iterating, improving, and continuing to grow, right? It's 1% I'm better every day. Yeah. yeah, like that's what you're doing. So, you know, I could see this in a world where, you know, you guys are opening up literal coffee shops, like oh God, down no, the line. I'll never do that. Right? No, no, like I all the way down the line. I saw a water guy doing that, I was like, fuck that. No, no, but like, <laughs> But like, Maybe. like you get what, you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, totally. you can go, and that's not even close to the horizon. But like, as a business grows, you start maybe you like do, a WeWork or something. Yeah, or, some, <laughs> or something else. A whatever space it is for people to do cool shit. Or you know, or first you're gonna place your coffee in like other retailers. Do you that know what are, brand I really admire is Athletic Greens, because they were actually bootstrapped for a long time, and they raised money when they're already at like a hundred million dollar revenue rate. And it's like, well, that's smart. They only have one product, one SKU. This is one thing of Athletic Greens, and it's super expensive. It's the exact same problem we have, right? We have this like little funky brand that is, you know, very expensive for what it is. It's obviously a premium thing. If you, if I've had like the shitty Amazon Greens, and I've had Athletic Greens, I'm an Athletic Greens subscriber. You and I kind of all know it. Probably like you get what you pay for with the, some of this stuff you put in your body. They're like a great brand. So I'm thinking a lot about like, how do you grow subscribers and how do you kind of like, again, we have really low churn for our subscribers. So I'm like, how do I get people to do this? I'm tempted. I'll do this for your podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll make a code for you guys. I'll give away 10 subscriptions for free first month. And oh, just like, yeah. that's how committed we're. And then I'll come back to you guys. And They're say, Here's all going to be we me. Take. No, I'm yeah. kidding. They <laughs> might, honestly, I mean, we have like 8%-ish churn. And so I, you know, I think that maybe we're getting a low value customer here, but I'll commit to say, I would be very curious to give 10 bags away, 10 subscriptions away, first month free, and we'll see how many yeah, retain. That's awesome. And so, you know, the other side of the subscription is, you know, I, I want to know about what's next too for you. Like you mentioned, the, you hinted the retailer earlier, the, the grocery store that you're going to get into. Yeah. So it seems like you're eyeing out that market. Is that going to be your first you know, retail store, is that we're where like you're little gonna... stores here and there, those cute little like DDC pop up one, one off things like that. And so we've flirted with it. It's, you know, all these things have trade offs and it's sort of like, I'm a solopreneur and I'm just sort of like taking stabs and I'm trying different stuff and I'm seeing what works and what doesn't. So we'll see if it works. And if it works well, then I'll pivot to retail and I'll just, that's my background, right? Just cold calling people. And I'll, yeah. I know how to like DM buyers on LinkedIn. Like I already know that process, but for right now I'm still like hesitant to put this bag in a store because I'm not sure if you saw this on a shelf, you would know what it is and what it does. So maybe we need better packaging for retail. Just things I think about, like, you know, maybe I'm overthinking it, but yeah, I think that I don't want to like call Whole Foods, put our bag in there and blow it right off the gate. I would like to start with like a three chain grocery store or something like that and kind of learn that process. So again, everything that you do slow and you kind of learn, you do it correctly and you build strong foundations, really successful. And I'm not trying to like sell this company, flip it in a year. I'm trying to build like a 10 year brand. And so it makes those things easier where you're like, okay, I want to do this like correct. What are you eyeing out for the rest of the year? What's next? What are your goals? Like we are launching uh, K cups this week, this week or next week. And so that's like our number one most requested thing, right? This in a K cup version. I then probably would like to do a canned version, like a ready to drink version. So we're going to do that kind of stuff because it's what people want. It's what I want. And then, um, I'll tell it all breaking news for all the subscribers to the DC pod. But so new wave is not a coffee company. Like we're not trying to be a coffee company, right? I want to be similar to a bulletproof or an on it, or, you know, eventually want to have more than one SKU, right? So we're developing right now that this won't be ready probably till next year, but we're doing a sleep tea will be our next product. But to start with our next product is going to be a, um, a phone lock case. And so when you think about what this coffee is, the one thing that I'm going to work with this copywriter and this marketing person to explain about new wave is, this is for people to get work done. This coffee is designed to be a physiological trigger that when you drink, your brain goes, oh, this is a work coffee. This is not like a socializing with friends coffee. This is like a sit down and, and write, sit down and develop film, sit down and whatever you, your job is, do the code. This is that, what it's for. 
So our next product is going to be this really cool lockbox that you put in. It's a timer lockbox thing. It's, it's a little unique. There's nothing like at this point. We're in the process of getting it made right now. And so what we'll do is you basically say, I'm going to drink this coffee. I'm going to put, this is what I do, by the way. Yep. I put my phone in the lockbox. I lock it for an hour and I grind and I put some yeah, binaural beats on yeah. and I get to work. And that's kind of like what our, our hopeful, like, you know, in a year from now, what I'd like to see is a subscription box that offers that. You get the lockbox for free along with your subscription to try it out. That'll be like our free giveaway thing. That sounds sick. And yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I got, you guys, will, I'll send you guys some, some Dude, for yeah. free. You know where to find me. I'm like an hour north. I think thinking about it that way, again, every person starting a business has a different trajectory and just knowing like what your mission is and where you're going. So for anyone listening, again, it's not just about the coffee. The coffee is like a vessel to get where you want to go. And the, the mission that you're tackling is how do we help everyone reach deeper states of work to be have more fulfillment in their own lives eventually, right? Like this is what Gatorade and Nike does really well, right? They're never like the shoes. It's always like Michael Jordan. It's a, you know, it's a, not the coffee. It's like, what are you doing? So I want to spotlight the creators, right? Mm -hmm. So we're horrible at this, but I need to do a better job of like, I want our Instagram page to almost be like a humans of New York where it's like talking about like uh, Ramon drinks this coffee and he works on trend every day. And like, this is what he does in his life. And like, it's in the spotlight on like the work that you do after you drink the coffee. And I think I'd like to promote more of that and talk about like what people are doing with the coffee. Because that's actually, one, it's like you can do that for 10 years because it's fun. It's like having this podcast, right? It's interesting to hear these stories and new talks and it motivates you. And as a founder, you're like, okay, this is cool. Now it's not just like we have a cheeky little soda brand. It's like we actually kind of are a part of someone's life where they're drinking it and they know like, I'm going to write this book or I'm going to go, you know, build this website or something. It's very, oh, man. very And the yet. stories that you're getting or are going to get You've seen from it, yeah. that, like, that's going to be so awesome. Like, I you know, I put you. my phone in this lockbox and look at what I did and look at what this book now did and look at how many people impacted. Like, talk about accountability, Dude, right? it seriously like, gets me. Like, that's I, responsibility Maybe I should be now. like a Tony Robbins type person because when I hear that shit, man, I get like sincerely fucking yeah. fired up because I remember like, when I launched, I was like, I did it. You know, like six years, I didn't do it. And then I did it, like that little switch. And so if I can put someone's phone in a box, lock it, and then they like publish it, it's happened. I have so many, I can show you guys, like there's tweets on our site that's like, I just wrote my first manuscript. Cause it's like just the placebo of like, I have the work coffee. Greg said, I got to build something and I, I'm going to do it. All right, fuck it. I'm going to, I drink the coffee and I actually just wrote it and I published my first article or uh, my friend like made this video and, and now he's uh, making a thousand dollars doing trailers for brands. And it's just like, he was like, yeah, honestly, I, he, he messaged me today and he's like, dude, if I didn't have that coffee, it was for you. So in the same way that guy DM'd me, like, I want to buy this coffee and it like launched my whole company just want to be that for other people. Like this coffee is like the magic shoes in the basketball movie where it was never the shoes. It was always in you the whole time, but we're the excuse to go do the thing you're supposed to be doing. I love that because I think in, and what's unique about it, especially in the beverage space and the coffee space, it's like, when you think about coffee, it's something that people are always using to do work, right. but there's no coffee that's really like branding themselves as the coffee for work, right. right? Like I go and I'll grab a coffee and I don't care whatever coffee it is because I'll grab it and I'll drink it and I know it's for work. Yeah. But that same coffee, sometimes I'm going out with my friends on the weekend yeah. in the morning and we're having it and we're socializing. And you know, in the brand story, it's all about like, oh, you know, we founded this coffee bean on our ranch all these years ago. And it's all the same thing, yeah. but like tying it and actually differentiating. So you're taking a similar product, you're putting a spin on it and you're guiding it in this new direction with a purpose, I think is yeah, really this genius. is like what branding is, right? I mean, that's, that's the whole point of it. But it's also true. It's like, I think where I suck 
as a founder is like my ability to make this clear on our website. I'm really good on long form things where I can talk and write about it and explaining it, but I need to make that more clear that that's what we are because, you know, we hired this social media person recently and I was trying to, and she did her, her, here's my plan. And it was like, talk about, you know, do you like your coffee hot or cold? Like, here's a fun whipped cream, espresso, cara macchiata. Here's like, you know, like a, it's like, no, listen, I understand what you're trying to do here. We're not a coffee company. Like we are a habit forming company. Like we're the atomic yeah. habits of coffee. Like we yeah. want to be that, you know? So I'm, I'm reading to... that book right now, actually. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Dude, it's great. Yeah, it's, it's like really one good. of those airport books that actually rules. It's really good. It's underrated, yeah. even though it's the most talked about book ever. Right, I mean, it's like the, you know, I think uh, what's the book that I sort of hate it? Like, it's like, I sort of hated the one thing because like by the title, it's like, you know that like, it's all it says like you need to do the one thing. And so like, I just read 300 pages about doing the one thing. Good, let's talk about the one thing. Go to my, my website, gregfrontiero.com. The best article I've ever written when I was doing this writing course. I need to write more personal stuff, but the best article I've written is sort of like my, gonna be my manifesto for New Wave when I launched this whole, like this is how you sit down to work. This is my exact creative process. I stole it from The Art of Learning, The One Thing, and uh, Deep Work. Those three books, I made it. The whole thing is like, I drink the coffee and I write all this shit down. Like I kind of like journal a little bit. And I'm just like, okay, what do I gotta do today? What's on my mind? Like what's like, and give me anxiety, all these fucking tasks. And then I pick one thing, like the one thing I gotta get done that day. I put that aside. I put the phone in, I lock it to do the deep work. And then the the physiological triggers from the art of learning. I'm saying a lot of books, you should read these books, but like the whole thing with Josh Waitzkin is you would play a song and it's like every time you hear that song, it would like, that's work time. So that's the physiological trigger. And that's my whole process. So I love the one thing. I think it's crucial. The deep work is a book required for like every team member that joins our company to read it just because I love it. Like try not to have, you know, our team try not to make them have any calls before noon because it's- Dude, I'm a huge, when you book time with me, you can't book nine to 12, you can't, yeah. But yeah, Atomic Habits, I just love it because you would think that it's just about a cheesy book about habits, but yeah. it's packed with stuff. And it's not just like Easily examples. read it short, yeah, but it's, it's dense. Yeah. yeah. And it's very like, when you do them, you're like, this works. The whole, and the other habit one that's good that I forget. I like the one it talks about like, you know, habits fall apart when you don't have it visualized who you want to be like or something it like that. It's weird. Like it ties it up to sort of seeing yourself, visualizing yourself in the end result. Like that just takes habits to I'm like- I'm a big like MMA level. person. Yeah. And like, you know, I'm not that great at it. I'm very much a hobbyist, but I've been doing it now for six years. And so I'm past the point of being like, I suck at this. But in the beginning when I was doing it, I was like nervous and it's like, you get punched in the face, you get shredded, it sucks. And so you're sitting there like that. Ah, and you go from this period when you read that book, you're like, I'm the person that goes, I'm an MMA person. Like I'm, I'm not like a guy who's scared to go to class. I do this. And then it's like, you say it enough times and is the writing too. I had this confession in class where I'm like, you know, I wrote, but I'm not, I'm not a writer. I wrote this blog post. It went well. And, and, and David Perel was like, Hey, stop. You just wrote something. You're a writer. So now I'm like, I'm a writer. You know what I mean? It's like saying it and, and saying like, I'm going to do this and X and this, it's, I don't know if I'm like, I, I'm such a cynical asshole that I'm like, I'm not a mindset person. I think it's corny, but I think I am. I think I very much am like, I buy all that shit that if you repeat it, you believe it. And like, you can trick yourself into doing things and positive mindset and all that like cognitive behavioral therapy stuff fucking works. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, the atomic habits, the whole like making it easy thing is really great, right? Like I said, like putting your phone in this box and locking it, it's like, can't check my phone. Just can't, just can't do it. So it's like, you can do all these things like I'll put my phone here, but it's like, you know, you just get up and you use it. It's like, it's very, I'm a big fan of like, I get fat when I eat peanut butter pretzels because I can't stop eating them. So I just don't buy them. Exactly. And they're not allowed in the house because my friends will bring them over. I'll eat the whole carton. Exactly. 
So we just don't have it in the house. I like drinking and stuff. I'm actually not like a solo drinker, but I don't have alcohol in my house because it's like, I'll just probably have a beer and then I'll have 10 beers. And it's like, that's just that easy. So you gotta make those things easy, you know? I love how it also like helps you ask yourself the why. Like sometimes we build these habits and like, we just don't ask ourselves why. And it's like, well, why? Like, yeah. What am I doing after 10 years of doing this habit? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, you know, why? I, I don't necessarily have to, like, I'll be a victim. Sometimes like, you know, checking Twitter or something, I'm like, why? Like, there's literally no point. I should be, like, in deep work. Yeah. I love the book. I think it's really yeah, good. Yeah, like, does this kind of, like, this what I'm doing now add up to be the person that I want to be? Exactly. Thing. It's That's like, the whole thing. His new book's coming out really soon, James Clear. It's really exciting. That guy's one of the coolest dudes in the world, man. Just, like, you, you see these people on Twitter, you're like, that's who I want to be. Like, that's the aspirational kind of person. Well, right? that's who you should get as a customer now then. Um, I wish. Hey, if you're out there, bud. Yeah, yeah. Free coffee for life just because yeah. I love your stuff. And, well, yeah, it'd be awesome. You know, I don't do that at all. I don't reach out to any of You know who I did reach out to was Derek Sivers because I like him. I ended up talking to him and he like liked my article that I wrote and I was like the, I'm one of the biggest Derek Sivers fans and I was like oh my god you want to make coffee and he's like oh I don't drink coffee and I was like fuck it's yeah. <laughs> like the only one that yeah, yeah. I you actually got the you haven't done any product seating then or have you done I've limited I've done product seating but it's been very micro influencer and very like ad hoc which is what we got to talk about guys yeah. how do I do this I'll, I have a million bags to give away that's like our number one strategy right now so you tell me yeah, I think we got some. We have some good people in mind. I'll yeah, see it. yeah, I got free coffee for him. Oh, definitely. Yeah, dude, I'll help you out. I'll, I definitely have some people in mind, but I think it would be really cool just because you have the rite of passage background and like you read those books, you reach out to those authors in a way that they know that you actually went through the book. I'm yeah. sure that you could get into like, that. Don't you feel like everyone's reaching out to James Clear and being like, "Hey, I made like a." I'm probably yeah, so yeah, you be surprised. But, but yeah, you've right? Done, you're right. You even said it yourself, right? Like the people you reached out to that you're like, no way. Like, and then it was Again, restaurants it's, it's sales, and stuff right? like that. Like, yeah. Honestly, the one thing I was shocked about, like we had another one of Ramon's and our friends, Colton on the podcast. He's a yeah. TikToker with over 10 million followers. Right. And he was just saying like, he was like, he was like, I would love for brands to like, help like meet me and like do the content that I'm doing. And like, I'll happily like show your product if it like makes sense with me. But he's like, the way that these brands are reaching out to me is so It's so, the same so with the LinkedIn crap. DMs. Yeah, 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 that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. So like, but so you- So I'm having very spider sensey about yeah, that. Yeah. I wanna do it correctly. Maybe and if you do it correctly, yeah. like then you're not only seeding the right way, but you're seeding your product in a meaningful way, not just like- Do you wanna hear the horror story of the opposite thing that we're yeah, talking yeah. about? Is um, I saw this kid on TikTok and he did something really sweet. He had a, you know, TikTok live. He was just filming himself studying. And he goes, everybody had a whiteboard behind him. It was quiet. And he goes, everyone put your phone down. This is your sign to get some work done with me. You pick it up in an hour. And I was like, this is exactly what I do. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. So I sincerely reached out to him. I was like, dude, this is, and I do this with a lot of people. I'm like, so I'll do like, dude, what you do is so sick. I'd love to give you coffee. I sincerely am doing it to give them something because I think they're neat. There is no salesmanship involved. Yeah, Obviously, if they're like, yeah, if you want to post about it, if post about it. But it's not my, I, I was like, I think what you're doing is cool. Yeah. And so many times it works out. Like nine times Have I go, you seen the YouTube guy that he does it too? So I like, I work to, I mean, I like his music and he does like lo-fi music and he's studying literally and you're for all like four like hours. Accountability each other. Yeah. I love that stuff. We used to have it in the writing group. We'd have our, our, we'd meet at 11, we'd go high and then we'd put on mute and we just, there'd be people working there and you'd yeah. be like, and the people like in the that, comments are like, yeah, like you have to work. Yeah, yeah. Like that feels that feel yeah. like when you're in a, a in library office, or something. Or something. Yeah, they're like clapping yeah. beside you. And you're like, shit, man. Like they know I'm not. If they're working, so I'm not working. It works. It's so good. So I reached out to this kid, and I was like, this is awesome. And he had like a million questions, and he was being so like guarded. And I was like, look, dude, like 
never fucking mind. And then, so now he's messaging me. He's like, can you tell me more about the ingredients? I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you don't like it, fine. But I was just being nice. And like, I don't want to do a brand with you. He's like, how much money are we talking? Here? I was like, I'm not going to give you any money. I just yeah, wanted to send you coffee. Like, leave me alone. I'm not like Starbucks, dude. Go bark up a well, different dude, tree. Next time we'll have you on. And you know, I'm sure with everything you're doing, like, and you do the seating, um, and like take the marketing to a next level, which I know you will, and the retail stores. I'm just excited for your journey. And I'm glad we got to catch you early on in the process. I'm hoping this is like one of those, you have these podcasts where you, you see the founders and you go back and listen to it. And it's like, oh, this is so cool to hear him when he did that. Yeah. So if you see me like riding in my Lambo and you know, injecting stem cells and living in Dorado and yeah. like, you know, I had like six wives, then like, I did it guys. We, <laughs> you can do it too. Yeah. And if I didn't do it, whatever. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just, I love where you guys are at in the journey. I think there's so many valuable lessons for those early stage founders too. And then, you know, so much of entrepreneurship, like you're saying, it's just, you know, pick up the phone and make that next call, like keep going. Yeah, right. so I'll say this and then I'll give the caveat to it. Like I'm very approachable online. If anyone hears this and like they want to talk through their ideas, it's like my favorite thing to do is like naming stuff and talking through stuff. Like I said, I'm very good with the brand and the visionary stuff and I, I like firing people up. So you totally have 100%. Anybody can reach out to me and I'll talk to you about anything all the time. My caveat is that once I do that, you got to go do it. And so that's what happens, right? The people are like, okay. Now what do I do? And I'm like, well, I had to call, I just had this call. They're like, how do I do the manufacturing part? And I was like, I had to call hundred people and find them. And you're doing something different than I'm doing. You're not doing a coffee. So like, I can't help you. And then they're just like, ah. So it's like the other side is like, you gotta make those calls and you gotta do those things. So how can people keep up with you, find more about you and reach out? You can email me at greg at newwave.co, N-O-O-W-A-V-E.co. Or you can follow me on Twitter. That's the best is at uh, SFW Greg like safe for work, Greg. And uh, that's that's now yeah. my handle, better or worse. Yeah. So DM me, I, I time at you guys. Like I'd, I'd, Twitter's the best. Awesome. Love it. Well, we loved having you and, uh, and can't wait to see you guys grow. Yeah, thanks guys. Appreciate it.